I'm going to talk again about what I talked about last week, which is thankfulness. Because at this time of year, I forget me if I do that. You can't see me then, no? I can see you fine. You know that smoke? Right, I'm going to talk about thankfulness. Because at this time of year, it's important to be thankful. But it's also important to be thankful all year. And I talked last week about the power of thankfulness, how it connects us to the presence of God. And uh, the thing I started with last week, I started with a statement. Can anybody remember what the statement was? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you again, and then you can learn it. The statement is, we all have opportunities to be discouraged, but we don't have to take them. We all have opportunities to be discouraged, but we don't have to take them. And, uh, you know, for me, that's played out really difficult in the last couple of weeks. It's been really hard. Um, the first thing that happened is I went on holiday, uh, and I thought, well, I've got all these, these ideas and these things that I want to write and spend time with God, and uh, I want to get ready for the time that we're doing in January with our 21 day fast and all that sort of thing. I just want to prepare myself. And uh, I got out there and I had, other, I had a few other things that I needed to get out of the way as well so I could enjoy my holiday. And then my laptop just overheated and stopped working. So I was laptopless. Now, <laughs> 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 yes, it's laptopless in the sunshine on the beach. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's really hard to appreciate how debilitating it is to not have your laptop. Because the next thing that, that towards the end of the holiday, the next thing that happened, the next opportunity to be discouraged was on, on the Friday morning, right at the end of our holiday, we got this um, message from Jules saying, bad news, we can't meet in the school, we can't do Sunday. Well, that's on a Friday when you're flying back on Saturday night at 10pm. That's a bit of a challenge. And my talk for last week was all geared around something that needed to be done visually, so I couldn't actually do it. And uh, so I'm panicking and I'm thinking, I can't get to my laptop, so I can't see all my sermon notes I've got in there. I can't just like pick something that I haven't talked about before. And so I, I was kind of getting... I was on that moment where I had the opportunity to be discouraged. And so, on the way back, on the aeroplane, I thought, right, I'm going to talk about thankfulness. I'm going to talk myself out of my opportunity to be discouraged. And so that's what we did last week. And last uh, Sunday evening, we were going to get one thing together, we were going to have some food, and then we were going to watch England again. Now, some of you uh, know about this, some of you don't know about this, uh, but I'll share it. But at about four o'clock in the afternoon, um, somebody came to see us, and Sarah and I were there, and Christina, because we were getting ready. Uh, Cheryl and Jess weren't there, they were doing a thing at Grand Estates. And so we, we were kind of getting the salads done and that sort of thing. Anyway, somebody came to the gate and said, can we talk to you? And so uh, Sarah and I went out and we talked to her and chatted, you know, talked about uh, various things. And she was uh, upset 
about all sorts of things that bore very little relevance to reality. Um, anyway, so we thought uh, that we kind of took through that and then we let her out the gate and she went. About 15 minutes later, we heard this thump. And I thought, well, sometimes in our house, because we have lots of trees, we have birds flying to the window, and that's what it sounded like. Um, but it wasn't that. It was this lady, and she was uh, beginning the process of smashing up Sarah's car on our drive. And so we had, a, for 20 minutes, we, we got the doors locked, and Sarah did amazing on the phone. Christina did amazing kind of watching what was happening and telling us what's happened. Because the, the scary thing was we couldn't see out because it was it had gone dark by then. So if you've got lights on, when it's dark outside, people can see you, but you can't see them. So we had no idea what was going what was happening. We only kind of could work out what was happening when things hit the windows and there was attempts to smash windows and all the rest of it. And um, Anyway, Sarah, Sarah did fantastic. She was on the phone to police, and eventually they arrived. Um, there was just, it was just devastation. Um, the police arrived at the moment where we'd been instructed by the person on the end of the phone to go upstairs and lock ourselves in the bathroom for safety, because they were just about to get through the window. Um, and so it was, it was kind of scary. So it was an opportunity to be discouraged. And... Uh, it was kind of one of those things that's really shocking because it comes from nowhere. And so we all have these opportunities to get discouraged, but we don't have to take them. And so for us, I'm thankful, firstly, that I'm alive. Yeah. I'm thankful that we've got insurance. I'm thankful that the guy that built our house put laminated triple glaze glazing into the windows that withstood 25 blows with the bar. Oh. And and still hadn't given. I mean, it's shattered, but it, it's not all the way through. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that Sarah was absolutely amazing on the phone dealing with the police. I'm thankful that Christina was running around all our windows watching what was going on so we knew where it was at any point in time. I'm thankful we've got insurance. <laughs> No, but really, like, insurance is terrible, but I'm really thankful we've got insurance. I, I'm thankful that everything's repairable. You know, there's, there's so much in life to be thankful for. And, and when we're thankful, we connect with God. We connect with the presence of God. And so, like, you might have all sorts of stuff going on in your life at the moment, some of which... It's kind of been ongoing, some of which has come out of the blue. And, and it might be that that was this week, it might be last week or whatever, but there's always things come up, isn't there? And, and some of them, you can kind of see how thing, things got there, and some of them, you go like, how did that happen? Because there's all sorts of crazy stuff goes on in this world, and it affects all of us. And so we can choose whether we're going to respond with... Um, kind of discouragement, disappointment, disillusionment, or we can choose to respond by being thankful. And that thankful response is actually spiritually powerful. 
And, and I talked a little bit about that last week, and, and it's from there that I'm going to go this week, because one of the things about being thankful that we really need to understand is that our thankfulness in prayer and our connection with Jesus actually enables us to focus on the only one who has the answers to what's going on inside of us and around us. And so, thankfulness allows us to look to the one who knows what he's doing and look away from the one, i.e. me or you, who's in shock or hurt or like what, whatever, discouraged, disillusioned, fed up, you know, feeling like, woe is me. And it allows us to connect. It allows us to connect to the only one who has the words that we need to heal up what's happened. And the Bible teaches us that we enter his courts with thanksgiving. Sorry, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, we enter his courts with praise. And that's kind of based on the idea there is that when God showed Moses how to how the people of Israel were to approach his presence when they were in the desert for 40 years, they built this thing called the tabernacle. And the tabernacle had gates, that's the first step, and then he went into a court, that's an outer court, that's the court, and then there was an inner court. So the, the way into the presence of God, that, although that's in the Old Testament, it's still very much a model for us as New Testament believers how to approach the presence of God and how to access the presence of God. Um, the New Testament says that he's enthroned in the praises of his people. Jesus told us to begin the Lord's Prayer and finish the Lord's Prayer by saying how amazing God is. And so it's a, it's a New Testament concept as well as an Old Testament concept. And so the first thing, if, if you want to encounter Jesus in a very real way, then the access point is praise and thanksgiving. That's how we go in. That's how we, we approach him. And so when we get over into kind of complaining, um, we have a how many of you know complaining is actually sin? Yeah? How many of you know complaining is bad for you? That's okay, I'm going to solve all your problems. You just call it constructive criticism from now on and you'll be fine. <laughs> but complaining is a sin. But it's something that is so easy for us to do. But what it does is it, it disconnects us from going into the presence of God. We're, we're actually hardening our heart against God when we, we willfully complain and just voice our discouragement, voice our disillusion. I don't, I don't mean like sharing with your nearest and dearest how you're feeling about something, or sharing with Cheryl who listens to it all and who's amazing. <laughs> but when that becomes a lifestyle, and that's how you live out things, then it, it, it becomes a problem because it disconnects you from God. I'm not talking about salvation, I'm just talking about encountering the presence. I believe 
that because we live in such a cynical generation, we've disconnected ourselves from the presence of God across the body of Christ. Because there's so much cynicism. So I want to uh, just talk about how thankfulness is supernatural. So here's the supernatural effects of thankfulness. I mean, they're amazing. The first thing is it puts your focus on the source of goodness and gives glory to him. And by that, do you remember in the Old Testament, God had this problem with Israel and he said, you, you know me for my works, but you don't know me for my ways. In other words, you guys are on the take, you like all I have to give for you, give you, and you're after all the miracles, you're after all the amazing things in your life, you want to be blessed and, and bless your socks off, but you actually don't know my ways. You don't actually know how to access that, you don't know how to have a relationship with me. You just want me for what I can give. And so when we get to Second uh, Corinthians 4 verse 15, we, we read this that Paul says, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, that's what Christ paid for, that's the, uh, the blessings that are available to us under the new covenant, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. <laughs> and, and so when we recognise that everything we have and everything we are, and the, the the, the things that get us through and take us through the, to the other side of what we're facing, when we realise it comes from God, then we can exalt the giver and not the gift. And uh, are we, are we too used to kind of a slot machine of Christianity, which is, if I do this, will God bless me? How much do I need to give for God to bless me X amount? How, how, how does it all work? How can I get God's blessings? How can I get this? And, and that is kind of 180 degrees from the, the, the approach that will actually get you in. Because it's knowing God that releases his blessings into our life. And so we need, we need to go know God's ways and not just desiring for, for what he can do for us. The second thing is it opens our spiritual eyes to see God and know him better. Because God is a giver, he appreciates and takes pleasure in our thankfulness. And so if we're thankful, the more we are thankful, the more we reflect God's heart and the more we get to know him. And so thankfulness needs to kind of be intentional. You know, when, when our windows were getting smashed in, I didn't feel very thankful. And so I had to remind myself of what I preached that morning to go, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful that they haven't got into our kitchen. And so it, it, it reminds us and it, and it opens our eyes so that we might know God better. The third thing, it puts you thankful... You know, the number of people that come to me and say, I want to know God's will for my life. Who wants to know God's will for their life? Okay, listen really carefully now to what I'm going to say. Because I'm going to tell you God's will for your life. You listening? I'm going to tell you it. It's in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 
Ready? This is God's will for your life. You get this one, it opens up everything else you need to know. Praying without ceasing. In everything, give thanks and be thankful. For that's the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Thankfulness will lead you into God's will. Thankfulness is God's will for your life. Good or bad, happy or sad, God's love and God's grace are unchanging. Good or bad, happy or sad, God's love and God's grace are unchanging. And he wants to lead us through all the horrible stuff that takes place in this world. And ultimately, he wants us to, to come out the other side of difficulties and persecution and ultimately spend eternity with him. And the key to us spending eternity with him and holding on to that salvation that we've signed up for is thankfulness. There is nothing that will lead you away from God quicker than ingratitude and lack of thankfulness and bitterness and offence and complaining. If you, if, you, if you want to prepare yourself for whatever's coming from here on in, then you're going to have to prepare yourself with thankfulness. Not with all the offence and the, the bitterness and the complaining. Because that won't see you through. Because it takes you away from the heart of God, not to the heart of God. So fourth thing. Thankfulness unlocks God's supernatural peace in our heart. How many of you want peace? Uh, 7.30, 8 o'clock last, uh, last Sunday night when we were being interviewed by the police and doing all our witness statements and all of that, we just looked... We just thought, we want to watch the football match. We just want some peace. <laughs> we really want some peace. And uh, thankfulness leads you into peace. It opens up the, that kind of heart posture so God can give you the peace that passes understanding. That's uh, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, that, that's a real challenge, isn't it? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So that peace that we all want is contingent or conditional on prayer and thankfulness. No thankfulness, no peace. Complaining lack of, equals lack of peace. Complaining equals unhappiness. Unthankfulness equals unhappiness. I, I've never seen a thankful person who is unhappy. I've seen thousands of unthankful people who are unhappy. And lastly, well no, it's not last. <laughs> I just thought something else. 
So, this is number five of six. When you're thankful for what God's already done, and you're intentional about verbalising that, and taking it to Him, and praising Him, and thanking Him in worship, and our praise times, and all the rest of it, when you're intentional about that, then the Bible tells us that actually that produces something in us, not just peace, but it, it boosts our faith. Because it helps us to remember what God has already done in our life, so he can do it again. And when we remember what God has done in our life, somehow something, the way God's wired us, boosts our faith inside of us. And so when it, it gets you set up, thankfulness gets you set up for the next challenge. It gets you set up for the next thing that comes out of the blue. And it reminds us that even in our hardest days, God got us through. Now, I said I thought something. Um, I think it's uh, Luke chapter 17. Story you're familiar with. I'm going to just show you something from this story. I'll begin at verse 12. Then he entered a certain village. There met him ten men who were lepers who stood far off. Do you know the story? Ten men come to him, they're all lepers. Then he entered a certain... Oh, sorry. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They want the gifts. They want the works. Yeah? They want to know Jesus by his works. And they come to him and they say, Jesus must have mercy on us. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. Now that's a really odd thing, isn't it? That's, this is kind of um, something that, that Jesus didn't do anywhere else. <coughs> Why did he do that? Because under the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, as a sign that you'd been healed, you went for leprosy, specifically leprosy, you had to go and show yourself to the priests, and then they could you could be you could come back into the city and get take your unclean sticker off your off your your chest or around your neck or wherever. And so Jesus is asking them to go and show themselves to the priests before they can see that he's healed them. And so those who do what Jesus says produces something. This is his works. And so it was that as they went to the priests, went on their way to the priests, they were cleansed. Isn't Register that word, cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice was thankful and glorified God. So get this, nine, ten of them get cleansed of leprosy. That means no more whatever causes leprosy in their body. Only one of them comes and says thank you. Because you've got nine of them who wanted to know Jesus for his works. One 
He wanted to know Jesus. Now watch what happens. I, I, I love this. One of them, when he saw he was here, returning with a loud voice, uh, glorified God, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And this one wasn't even a Jew. He was a Samaritan. So he followed the old covenant even though he wasn't a Jew. And done what Jesus said and got cleansed. Now watch this. This is the one who's thankful. How many of you have had a time in your life that you are certain that God brought you through? How many of you have had a miracle in your life that you're certain about? Okay, that's pretty much everybody. How many of you want to see more of God move in your life? Yeah? Anybody want to see less of God moving in their life? Because perhaps you're in the wrong building. Perhaps you only came from the mince pies. I don't know. But how many of you want to see more of God moving in your life? I do. I do. So, here you go. What's the difference between nine and one? Thankfulness and giving glory to God. Watch what happens. First of all, let me ask you a question. It's not a trick question. I told you the answer. I told you to register it. What did the first ten get? Cleansed. Cleansed. That's a particular word in Greek. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's a particular word in Greek. And it means that the infection was taken out of their body. Yeah? How many of you know how leprosy affects the body? Eats it away. Eats it away. So these guys probably have fingers missing, toes missing. Some of them maybe lost other limbs, some of them lost the feet. Um, it just eats your body. That's what happens. <clears throat> you sure you want more of God's blessing in your life? Thankfulness, giving glory to God. So Jesus answered him and said, were not ten cleansed, where were the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except one foreigner. So he turned to the one foreigner and he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. What does this one get? Made whole. What did the other get? Cleansed. The infections take out the body. This guy gets his limbs back. Thankfulness for what God has already done prepares our hearts for something even bigger. Giving God the glory for what he's already done opens up the way for him to do something even bigger in your life. You know, you can you can look at all sorts of ways you can uh, reconcile. So when we look at, at this together as a church family, we can think, well, there's all these things that we're all facing and so on. But we've already given testimony that we know that God's brought us through stuff before. We put our hands up. We know that God has done miracles in our midst. We know that for most of us, God has actually done miracles in our lives. And we want to see more so that he might get the glory. And the key to that is being thankful. So I want to encourage you not just this Christmas season, 
But from now on, to put thankfulness really high on your agenda. And when you have that opportunity to be discouraged, don't take that opportunity. Instead, face it with thankfulness. Glorify God. And the one who stole for you will have to give back seven times what they stole. And the enemy is prime for defeat when you are thankful. Amen, faith life. Amen. 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 Amen.